Good morning, Church City Church. How you doing? Good to see you here. How they, they're cramping me in. I'm gonna, <laughs> that mic's going to go down sooner or later probably, huh? But good to see all of you. Welcome you here. Um, here we go. We, we jump into the fall. And uh, as you'll see from the announcements, we just are going to have a very lively, uh, uh, busy in a good way, and exciting fall. So just get it on your radar. Get it in your heart to join us and, and to participate this fall at Chair City Church. Um, got a question for you. If God would lend his almighty power to you and you could conquer one thing in your life, what would it be? Like today, right now, in the coming days, in the coming weeks, what would you choose to conquer? Maybe it's something in your career. Maybe it's a habit. Uh, maybe it's something you just can't get control over, right? It could be control over spending. It could be control over a porn addiction, uh, laziness, fear, attitude, worry, anxiety, uh, greed, right? Procrastination, gaming, insecurity. What is it that if you could just gain control and conquer even that you would choose to do if God would lend you his almighty power? Something you just would love to break through. How awesome that would be. What a difference it would make in your life today. Just let's pause and as you just take on and begin to ponder and consider that thing that if you could conquer it, would simply make such a significant difference in your life, a certain way of being, of doing, uh, that you've connected yourself to, that you've connected your emotions to, that, wow, if I could conquer this in my life, that if I, if, if I could have the almighty power of God in my life, this is what I would choose to conquer in my life. Well, that's what God did for a man, a person named Gideon in the Bible. He brought Gideon from defeat, from being defeated, to a major breakthrough, to, to being a conqueror, to conquering by faith. He did it all by faith. We, when we were going through running with the giants every week, we'd talk about by faith. This one did that. By faith, this one did this. By faith, they did great things. And when we say by faith, we're saying trusting God in my actions. I trust God. I trust God with what the Bible says. I trust that the Bible is the word of God. Faith is not us telling God what to do and then expecting God to come through what we've commanded him or requested of him. Faith is God will do what he says he's going to do. Faith is God will do what he said he's going to do. So you trust God by your actions. You demonstrate your faith by your actions, by how you're living your life, by what you're investing, your time, your emotions, your money, what you're, what you're pouring yourself into. What set Gideon apart eventually was his faith. So we read about Gideon in the Old Testament book of Judges. We're going to jump into Judges chapter 6, verse 12. I want to give you a little background so Gideon is living at a time in the Bible and ever it's past when Moses was on the scene. You know, Moses leading the Jewish people, the Hebrews, out of the slavery in Egypt and, uh, into freedom. It's past Joshua. Joshua came after Moses, a comrade of Moses, and Joshua led the nation of Israel into the promised land. And, and then what's happening, we come into this season called the Judges. And what's going on here is, is the, the people of Israel would go through this kind of a cycle, if you will, where they would, you know, be living in this defeated way, being oppressed by enemies, 
God would pour out his power into their lives and they'd become conquerors, right? And then they would begin to say, wow, look, look at us. And they would turn to themselves and rely on themselves and, 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 and slowly they would wind up living defeated lives and, and then therefore be defeated by their enemies and be oppressed by their enemies. And then they would humble themselves and, 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 and not do things their way and begin to turn to God and his power and trust in him and have faith in him. And then they would be conquerors again. And this would go in a cycle. And, and in this time, God raised up judges. From, they were in a period of being defeated, of being divided, and God would raise up judges, uh, men and women, who would then lead them from defeat to being conquerors. And Gideon was one of those judges. And we can gain, I believe, some really significant insight into our life by looking at just some happenings in Gideon's life. Now, we're coming through about, I think it's six or seven weeks, where we were talking in, in August a lot uh, about you know, coming the ending of July through August into how do we understand God? How do we approach God? What does our relationship with God look like when we go through tough times, difficult times? And, and then we kind of, from that, we, we then talked about faith, because really faith is the fundamental foundation of all of that. We talked about it last week and this week. We're going to kind of wrap all that up with this week, understanding God, approaching God when things go wrong, uh, understanding God, you know, just working, navigating through our lives, you know. We're going to wrap it all up today, talking a little bit more about faith. And we see two things in Gideon's life, right, that we can apply to ours, and that is some things by faith need to be torn down, and some things by faith need to be fought for. You hear that? Some things by faith need to be torn down in your life, and some things need to be fought for. Judges chapter 6, verse 12 says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, Gideon doesn't feel like a mighty warrior. They're Israel's enemy, the Midianites. They are just pounding them. They're taunting them. Every, you know, the, the harvest time in, in that age, in that time was huge. It was everything. And, and when Israel would plant and then when the time would come for the harvest, for their crops to come and be taken, the Midianites would come in and just plunder and take all their crops. Also, they would go and take or kill their livestock, their animals. And this was going on year after year for seven years in a row. And so we see this moment now where Gideon, because food is so scarce to be found, Fear and anxiety are all over people. What's ours is only ours for a short time. We find Gideon, Bible tells in the Bible, he's hiding. He's hiding and he's having a little bit of a lunch. And then the angel of the Lord comes to him and he says, you mighty warrior. Now Gideon has no idea who the angel is talking to. Verse 13 says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the land, into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? So, you know, Gideon is living in a defeated way, right? And God is saying, wait a minute, I'm sending you. God's a sending God. God sends Gideon. God sent Dave Trelongo. God is sending each one of you. 
It's got a poison that God created you. He has sustained you. He has delivered you to send you. You are worshiping and you know and you trust in ascending God. Now, Gideon's response to that in verse 15 is, Pardon me, Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So God is telling Gideon, I'm going to move you from being defeated to conquering. But before this could happen in Gideon's life, some things had to be torn down, and some things had to be fought for. So we're going to jump to chapter 7. Gideon calls the army together. If you read through chapter 7, Gideon calls the army of Israel together. I think about 32,000 men come together, and God begins to have this conversation. I think the Midianite army was about 135,000 men. God begins to have this conversation with Gideon, and he tells him, you have too many warriors. 32,000 is too many. And he littles, in that conversation, he dwindles down Gideon's warriors to 300 people. From 32,000 to 300, 300 now against 135,000 Midianites. Wow. And what God is saying is, this is going to happen uncontestably by my power, not yours. That's what I'm demonstrating here. And if you go on to chapter 8 and you read through, you'll see that Gideon and his 300 men win the battle. They become conquerors. And there's this massive celebration, and for Gideon's lifetime, the nation of Israel live really in this state of God's favor and his conquerors. By faith, some things need to be torn down. Let's talk about this. What was or who was defeating Gideon and the people of Israel? If you ask Gideon what was defeating him and his family and the people of Israel, what do you think he would have said? I'm confident he would have said, the Midianites are. And that was true, but that is not the whole truth. There's something that's defeating Gideon and the Israelites, and they're just not seeing it. Pay attention to this. They're just not seeing it. See, when we think that we need to conquer something, that something's defeating us, we go to the physical realm. We go to what's happening in our life, in our circumstances, right? It, it, it's, our, uh, it's our job. It's our competitor. It's the economy. It's our spouse, right? We pick something, a, a, again, a circumstance, a situation, and, and that's legitimate, but it's not the whole truth, more than not. Almost always, it's just not the whole truth. There's something that we're not seeing. But God is wanting to give Gideon the power to defeat the Midianites, but God first instructs Gideon to do what? To tear down his family's altar to Baal. You see, Baal was this false god. Yeah, Gideon and his family, they believed in God, but they were also worshiping a false god because everyone in the culture was worshiping this false god. Now, why did God tell Gideon to tear down the altar of the false god Baal? Because what Gideon was worshiping was defeating him. Did you hear that? What Gideon was worshiping him was defeating him. See, before 
Gideon, as you Israelites, could go into battle before they could fight, before you could fight, they had to deal with some things that needed to be torn down. In Gideon's case, it was Baal. He was kind of this, uh, you know, he, he was a Canaanite god, not a real god, a false god, a, you know, demons coming together to kind of just, you know, present themselves as this god, if you will, masquerading around as a god. Now, at the time that Gideon was growing up in, he, in a sense, he was part of a, a new generation. And like many, and like my generation, your generation, that new generation just has a sense that there's something unique to them, that they are smarter and more capable than the generation before them. It's nothing new. I'm confident I did it. I see my, my, my kids and they're doing it to me, right? Gideon in particular was part of like a progressive generation, right? You know, where the people in Gideon's time was living very, in that generation, was living very much that, you know, in their eyes, they were living in reality. Things were relative. They were living in a time of relativism, meaning you do what's right in your own eyes. The truth is determined by what you feel is true, right? And every generation often thinks that way, and many generations go this way. We're smarter than the ones before us. What is right is what we think is right. And, and, what, and more than ever, though, we are living in a very progressive way today in current generations, right? where we believe what is right is what is right in our own eyes. And, and it's because it's so common, and therefore it's so common, it's, it's legitimate. And that's what was happening in the time of Gideon. And that's what we read of in the book of Judges. You see, Baal, this false god Baal, was not just any god, but he was the god of fertility. So when people would bow down to the altar of Baal, they now had this expectation that this god of fertility would grant them many children. And not only that, but would also grant them many crops, would multiply their crops as well. That's a big deal in that time and in that age. And now God's addressing Gideon, and he's saying, before we can go and deal with the Midianites, the circumstantial, situational, physical thing, We've got to get you to see your real defeater, what's really defeating you. We've got to deal with what you have joined yourself to, spiritually and emotionally. You've joined yourself to the culture. You've become much like them now, and you are worshiping a false god. And, and what you're doing is, and this is not God speaking, what's happening here, it's like Gideon is drinking from the shadow. You know what I'm saying? Gideon is drinking, here is God and Gideon's drinking the shadow. That probably doesn't make much sense to you. The easier way for you to understand that is to watch this quick video. Video. <laughs> so that's funny. I hope you got it. Some of you might not have got it, but so the dog, I mean, he's used to being thirsty. And he's used to getting his thirst quenched by water, from the water, right? And he can hear the water, and he can see the water, but he's drinking the shadow, man. So he's not getting help, any help at all. He's still, he's entirely depleted and defeated, and yet he doesn't really know why. He just keeps lapping away. So maybe some of you didn't get it. Let's watch it one more time. It's quick. If you, if, you watch this, if you're watching this online or you're listening to it online, really all you got to do is, I think it's called just dog drinking shadow on YouTube. It'll come right up, right? But listen, the, so we ask this question, why am I defeated? Why am I being defeated? 
Worshiping anything other than God is drinking the shadow. Worshiping, dedicating yourself, trusting and leaning on anything other than God is drinking from the shadow. It might look like it, you might hear it, but it's just not doing anything for you. Certainly nothing that would come close to what God has you, his almighty power. You know, it's close, seems like the real thing, but in the end, you're really defeated all the time. So maybe what we're worshiping other than God is the source of our defeat. Maybe what you're worshiping other than God, what you're worshiping, what you're putting your trust in, what you're leaning on, the way you're governing yourself, what, the, the way you're approaching things, maybe what you're worshiping is the source of your defeat, is what's holding you back, holding you down, hindering you, defeating you. The Israelites' defeat by the Midianites was rooted in, rooted in what the Israelites were worshiping. You see, Midian, that was just a symptom Worship was the source, the root of what was defeating them. So you see, we, and, and you see that. You see that in your personal life. You see that in, even in our country as a whole. I mean, we, listen, I think there's always been pain and suffering to, in different degrees throughout the history of our country. We, we do seem to be in this time of a lot of pain and a lot of suffering in ways and in sectors that we've never seen before. And young people, you know, uh, I mean, especially 30 and under in schools and elementary schools out there in our neighborhood, we see so much life being taken and being wasted. And and it's a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. We see division, really, like perhaps in some ways we'd never thought we would see. Even amongst people of the same race and the same color, we, you know, we're seeing division across the board, and there's a lot of pain and frustration and anger. And, you know, we, and, but if you think, okay, if we stopped and think, what if what we're worshiping is the source of that defeat? Because we're looking at what, what's causing that and what's the answer to that and where did that come from? Why is this happening? And, you know, social scientists and behavioral scientists are just pounding away at this. And, but, but what if we stopped and said, what if what we're worshiping is actually the source of this defeat of what's happening? And you see, if we're going to teach our children that, you know, they came from nothing and they're going to nothing, right? <laughs> you know, if we're going to teach our children that really life is so much less meaningful because of that equation, and we're going to teach our children that because you came from nothing, you're going to nothing, and make the most of it while you're here and be centered on yourself and live mostly for yourself and, 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 and your self-gratification, well, and in a sense, you know, a kind of a self-worship, well, that's not going to bring the love and the peace and the unselfishness that we really need to heal our country. It's just not. But if we teach our children the things of God, that God created them, that God has made a place in eternity for them, he's prepared a place to worship the one true God, then we will see as a nation the peace and the love and the unselfishness that we so need to bring us together, yes? Listen, I, we, we do not want to promote self-worship. And when we do, we seem surprised, and even to our kids, to ourselves, and when we do, we seem surprised when seemingly life is being treated in a way where it's so much, it's worth so much less. And that's what you're seeing as a whole. We don't think it's rooted in what we're worshiping. We don't think that, wow, this is the source of our defeat, Right? We don't realize that we're drinking from the shadow. We're taking in, we're drinking from the shadow, and therefore we're going to keep lopping and keep lipping and keep flapping our tongues and keep trying to, you know, take it in more and more and more. 
and nothing's, there's just nothing there. Before God could lend his power to Gideon, Gideon had to tear down the altar to bow. You see, the Midianites were the symptom. What Gideon was worshiping was a real problem. And maybe that's what we are dealing with in our lives. We just haven't been able to see it. But today's a different day, right? And maybe today you will leave here a different person. You'll go home a different person, and you'll be, your eyes will be wide-eyed and open, thinking, wow, I see it. I have been worshiping the wrong thing. If Gideon did not tear down the altar to Baal, which was defeating him, he would not see the almighty power of God in his life. He would not have been able to defeat the Midianites. Real faith is trusting in God with your actions, right down to what you worship. Real faith tears down what, needs, what is defeating you. It crushes it. What is defeating you cannot live, cannot sustain itself in the presence of real faith. And then you experience the almighty power of God in your life, in your circumstance, in your situation. So in Judges chapter 6, if you read through the whole chapter, you're going to see this gap, what I call a gap in Gideon's life. If you go to Judges chapter 6, verse 24, 24 to 25, 26, it says, So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the Abyssalites. So Gideon is experiencing the living God. Verse 25 says, That same night the Lord said to him, Gideon, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. Offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon, is ex again, is experiencing in a personal, meaningful, wow way, the living God. I mean, like, wow, God has spoken personally to Gideon. An angel of the Lord, uh, of the Lord appears to Gideon. God's amazing. He is so faithful. So much so I've got to build an altar to the living God. And he does so. And then, after, and then Gideon looks around, he's at home, and there he sees the altar to Baal, his family's altar, because everybody has an altar to Baal, right? So now here's Gideon in the same environment, right? Same environment, same ways that have been defeating him, seeing the same thing, hearing the same thing, sensing the same thing, getting a dosage of the same thing. Are you hearing me? Right? So Maybe it would be said if applied to our lives here today that Gideon has this gap. And what it is, is is that on Sunday, Gideon has this altar to God and he's worshiping God. And then in his work, in his personal life, in his leisure life, Gideon has this altar to Baal. Did you get that? Huh? Sunday morning, God. The rest of my life, God and Baal, or Baal, right? Work, home, leisure, some God, some Baal. Maybe it's only Baal at times. Sunday morning, God. Gideon has a gap. That's a gap. He doesn't, he doesn't think anything of the gap. 
we don't think anything of the gap, right? I mean, after all, maybe like Gideon, it's just what everybody else, it's so common, it's so normal, it's so acceptable, what's, what's the big deal, right? But listen, that gap, although it's normal and common in culture, that gap could very well be and likely is what's defeating you in your life. It is your source of defeat. Today, you need to decide. It's a great day. It's an awesome day. You have the opportunity to make a decision who you will worship. Today, you can go home. Even right now, you be, can begin in your heart to tear down what needs to be tear, torn down. You can tear down the false God that you have been worshiping in your life. You can tear down the source of your defeat. And God tells Gideon to do that, to tear down the altar to Baal. Gideon is terrified. He's like, man, come on, the whole community is going to turn on me. He's so scared he does it at night under the cover of darkness. <laughs> So Gideon's got to stand for what's right in God's eyes. He's got to fight for what's right in God's eyes. He's terrified, but he takes the stand. Listen, if you don't close the gap, you might not see yourself conquering what's defeating you. You might feel better some days more than others. You might get that spirit of encouragement and, you know, make some progress. But you're not going to defeat what's conquering you, what's hindering you, unless you close the gap. See what needs to be torn down. See what's denying God and defeating you. God is willing and wanting and able to pour his almighty power into your life to bring you to a place of overcoming that which is defeating you. And that gap in that which you are worshiping is denying that from happening, delaying that from happening, distracting that from happening. But today, you tear, you tear it down. You know. You know what it is. If you, you know what it is. But today, by faith, in action, in your life, you're committing to God. You're sensing God. You're experiencing God, which is enabling you. That's God, Holy Spirit, working in you, calling you, convicting you, speaking to you, encouraging you, comforting you to tear it down. Decide today what it is. Speak courageously to yourself. Now, some things do need to be torn down, and some things need to be fought for. Yeah, listen, this is a battle, man, this thing we call faith. From the word go. I mean, from, from, the, moment you, from the moment I considered the things of God, it was a battle. I, I wrote this thing down. I, I, I wish I journaled and wrote more than I, I do, but I do from time to time, and and, and it, when I had that moment where I decided now I was going to follow Jesus, when I had that conversation where I was speaking honestly and openly to God and, 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 and sensing and knowing Jesus, this, this intimate, close conversation, man, within seconds, and I, 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 I write this down, within seconds, I was so overwhelmed with anxiety and fear and nervousness on what my life would now look like, what I would have to do, that I started getting nauseous to the point of almost vomiting. And I had to take off, and if it wasn't for like I, I this like crazy, super cool breeze blasted, it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and it kind of shook me by its force, and I, I don't think that was God doing something personal in me, maybe. I think it was just a really cool, breezy night. But it kind of, you know, the, the trees all bristled, and, 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 and I kind of shook me up a bit, and the, the, the coldness of the breeze, 
that I lost my breath and I came to and I said, man, what are you doing, Dave? You're doing it again. You're starting to rely on yourself. You're starting to make the way for yourself. You're telling yourself things and feeling things and now preparing to take action your way. Stop it, Dave. I know that was the Holy Spirit. I know that was of God speaking into my heart and mind. Dave, stop it. You made, you decided, that was, Dave, remember how you just felt like, like 15 minutes ago? Remember how awesome that was? Remember how real that was? Remember how, what, what was going on in you? It was so much what you really yearned for and you didn't even know that was there? That was real, Dave. Don't leave that, man. Don't run from that. Stay and hold and hold to what you spoke to God about. Hold to what you know is now going to go Meaning, in words today, tear on down. You're going to tear this down, Dave. You're going to just suffer it. You're going to suffocate it. You're going to kill it. It's going to go. And, you know, I did, man. Took me, you know, I had a lot. <laughs> I pretty much had to tear it down my entire life. But I did. You know, and I tell you, I didn't do it by being docile. I didn't do it. Right there in that moment, I fought. I began to fight against my thoughts. I began to fight. I knew within literally hours I would have to fight against the circumstances that were going to come my way. Incredibly complicated and convoluted. I knew the fight had begun. Listen, God's telling Gideon, you're going to defeat the Midianites, but you're going to have to pick up your sword. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to get out of your hiding place, out of that comfort place, out of what you, you're going to have to fight. People of God, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight emotionally, spiritually. Heck, you might even have to fight physically. I just tossed that out there, man, because I did. <laughs> God tells Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. He, he's telling you, yeah, I'm calling you to fight, but I'm telling you, you're a mighty warrior. God is telling you that today. No matter how young, no matter how old, no matter what's going on, your physical condition, your financial status, you are a warrior of God who's been sent by God. Get out of your hiding place and run to the battle. Run to that battle this morning. This is the kingdom of God. This is God's plan that everyone who trusts in God, who believes in God, has the power of the Holy Spirit in them. That power of the Holy Spirit is in you. And God has sent you that by that work of the Holy Spirit in you, that you will do great works in his name, that you will do good works according to his purpose in your life and in this world. Listen, there are no bystanders, bystanders in this, what we call the kingdom of God, what we call the church. There are no bystanders according to God's decree, God's commands. We are all players. We were all sent by God. Don't live Gideon's way. Some of you, maybe you've been lived Gideon's way and you've been hiding out, right? Trying to, you know, just get by eating that little lunch, huh? And God shows up and he says, hey, what are you doing? God shows up today and says, what are you doing hiding out? What are you doing holding on to this little thing you've got? You are a mighty warrior, spiritually, emotionally. You are a mighty warrior of God. Get into the battle, run to the battle, run to that fear, run to that problem. The, one of the great distinctions between those who do well emotionally and mentally and those who don't is how they deal with problems in life. Those who are sound and strong spiritually and emotionally, they run to the problem, boom. Those who are not, they avoid the problem. And in doing so, they create bigger problems, right? 
and they keep dealing with those problems from what they're worshiping. And they're drinking in the shadows. Nothing's happening really. They think they, it's just, it's really just, they think, oh, we, we've solved that problem. Really, we've avoided it and we've created another problem. And they don't realize it's just going on and on and on. But today, you run to the battle from your worship of the one true God. So, boom. Gideon moves on, takes his 300 men, defeats the 135,000 Midianites. Sounds unthinkable. It's in the Bible. I believe it. Hey, I could give you, but, you know, time doesn't allow it. You know, situations, real events in world history that kind of would speak to, in some ways, something similar, whether it's Spartans or the Aztecs in Mexico. But, you know, regardless of that being or not, I just believe it because it's in the Scripture, okay? God told Gideon to gather around the Midianites under the camp, the Midianites camp under the cover of darkness. He said to bring torches, to cry out the battle cry of faith, to make a ton of noise. And they did that, and God confused the Midianite army, and they began to turn on them so. So God even gives you this kind of practical example of what's happening. By the time they're done turning on themselves, 120,000 Midianites are dead. And then Gideon and his 300 men chase down. They begin to pursue these other 15,000 Midianites, enemies of God's people. In Judges chapter 8, verse 4, we read that Gideon and his men are exhausted. They're exhausted from the pursuit of the Midianites. Now, many of us, we believe or we feel at times that we're exhausted. I do sometimes. I just do. I'm like, wow, I'm just... And you might feel even today that you're just exhausted, like, you know... You're, you're exhausted, you know, from just giving, from serving. You're exhausting from pressing on. You're exhausted from pursuing the things of God. You're exhausted from fighting the good fight of faith. And I just want to tell you, in as much as, yes, coming into the kingdom is a fight and it's a battle, maintaining that faith continually going on can be physically and emotionally exhausting at times. Serving other people can be exhausted. Holding on for the sake of your marriage, relationship with your children, can, can seemingly be exhausting, right? How many people in here know what it's like to feel exhausted? <laughs> you know? Yeah, in relationship, in life circumstances. Especially when you're seemingly holding on to your faith and pressing on in the things of God and fighting and running to that battle. It, it's it can seem exhausting. Although, as I say, and you, I haven't said in a while, it's so hard to do that, but it's harder not to. Is it not? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a fight worth fighting for. It doesn't mean God is not in it because you're exhausted. Just keep up the pursuit knowing God is in it. Just the fact that, you've just the fact that you can see clearly where the battle is. Just the fact that you're fighting the right fight, God is in it. You would not have gone down that path if not for God, Holy Spirit, in you and empowering you and moving you forward. Keep working on that marriage. Keep working on that relationship with your children. Keep working on the forgiveness that needs to restore those relationships. Keep pressing on to get through the difficulty that you're in. Keep moving. Keep fighting. Keep inviting people to come and be with you in your church community. Keep giving. Keep serving. Pursue. Press on. Keep letting people know they matter because they do. Know you were sent by God to go after all the things that matter in this life. You've got about coming up into the fall 
We take a little bit of a breather, and then boom, we kick off. In a period of about three weeks, we got amazed. Yeah, we're dominantly doing that to care and support and encourage the families of our church. Man, that's a big jump. 23 bucks, though, 10 bucks. We're a generous church. We encourage you to be a generous people. So yeah, we're focusing there on the families, but if you have a, a, a grandchild or a close family, a relative that they would, they would love to go there, have them come to, this is, a, this, is a, this is honesty, this is like good faith here. Have them come to church and have them participate in that same thing. Hey, would you like to come to church with me on Sunday? And then later on in that day, we're going to the, the Davis Mega Maze. And you know, maybe you even might want to turn around and, and, and spot them the money. Say, hey, why don't you come to church? You know, afterwards, you got you and your two kids. We'll go. Uh, we're going to have a great time. We'll get some coffee, some snacks. We'll hang. And then we're going to go over to Davis Mega Maze. And you know what? It's on me. Three kids, 30 bucks. Would have cost them almost 70 bucks, right? Then from the Davis. Last year, we saw, I think we saw 70 people last year. This year, we expect to see over 100 people. And then after that, we've got somewhere in there, we got the uh, fall festival. We set up the kids' zone. We see like over 1,000 people come through there. You know, come and serve. Come and participate. Invite some of your friends to come and serve with you. Or just grab some people and come down there. I mean, you know what? You come to us and you say, look, I got some friends in the community. I want to come there, have the kids go into bounce houses. You know what? We'll help you out, help them to get them passes on those bounce houses. We want to serve our community. We, we, we want to serve you. We want to see people come into the kingdom of God. And then we've got the movie, man, we're, we're, rent, we're, we're renting out the entire Gardner Cinemas for a Saturday morning movie. It, the movie is just going to be coming out about six days, from seven days from the time we'll show it. It's called Smallfoot. It's going to be like the most popular children's movie in the entire, uh, uh, in, in all the movies in, in, in the fall. And now, you know what? It's free. You can go to your friends, you can go to your family and say, you know what? Hey, would you like to go to the Gardner Cinemas on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock or 10.30, whenever it is, and, and see Smallfoot? And by the way, it's on me and my church. Can you do that? Yes, we can do that, Dave. <laughs> We're doing that to empower you, to encourage you, to tell you, not just, to show you, not just tell you, you are mighty warriors of God, and you were called to run to the battle. God has sent you to do a great thing. Look, you will not conquer that thing without fighting for it. And you're part of a community of people that will stand with you and fight with you. All right, let's move on. Let's conquer God. Let, I mean, let's, let's, let's conquer and let's stop getting defeated. Let's trust in God. Let's keep fighting and let's keep pursuing the victory that God has for us. God will do for you what he did for Gideon. Some things need to be torn down today. Be inspired, be encouraged to tear down what is in your life that needs to be torn down. Begin now today to fight for what you know is worth fighting for, what you know is right, what you know is of God. Stop worshiping that which is defeating you and worship the one true God. And it's all done by faith. And as you do that, your faith will be strengthened and empowered. And you will feel and see the almighty hand of God in your life. That things will happen that I cannot explain. It's supernatural. It's miraculous. I, we cannot imagine it. But it happens in your life. So what do you do next? Today, even right now, while this team, which looks awesome up here today. I finally put Dan in his birdcage. We don't have to see Dan no more. It took me seven years, but there you go. Listen. Today, as they're playing, have a talk with your God. 
the one true God, creator of heaven and earth, your Father in heaven, have a conversation, an honest conversation with Him, a courageous conversation with Him. Remember, Gideon, talk with God. Next, when you come out of this conversation, tell someone, tell someone here this morning, hey, this is what I've decided to tear down. Tell, tell me, tell somebody, I've decided to tear this down in my life. Write it on your card, on your connection card. If you, have, if you don't, if you have an offering, of a, write it down somewhere and put it, when you put it in the black boxes, this is, I've decided to tear this down. Just write tear down equals and then write something next to it and we'll pray for you. And we'll stand with you. But tell some friends what I am worshiping is defeating me and I'm tearing it down. Tell yourself, speak to God, it needs to be torn down and I'm going to fight for. I'm going to fight for what I know is right and what is good. I'm going to fight for my faith. I'm going to fight to be part of the community of faith. I'm going to fight to live in the freedom and the power that God has me. Let's take steps. Let's live out our faith in action so we will see victory to God be the glory.